Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Daniel. And I'm Anders. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet just can't get enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So each episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. So today we are very excited to share our initial reactions and theories for The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2. So this episode was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Rachel Morrison. All right, this is your official spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about anything and everything Star Wars. So if you're ready, Bob, weave, get your way through those mole people, do what you got to do, and get ready for a sacred swim as we discuss Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. All right, let's punch it with our episode recap. All right, here we go. Din and Grogu visit Tatooine, because this is Star Wars, and I called it, <laughs> I knew we were coming, to see Pelly. She yes. tells them that she can't help them with the IG-11's memory circuit, which is, like, sad, but she'll sell the R5-D4 instead. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we get a Hero of the Rebellion for half the price? Awesome. I just want After... to stay retired. I know. He just Maybe he'll get cleaned. It. Yeah. <laughs> he does Finally. Clean. He gets a bath. After some convincing, the new crew take off and head to Mandalore. Yay! I don't know about you guys. I was like vibrating in my freaking couch while I was watching. I'm like, we're already going to Mandalore. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Exactly. Whew, I was very ready. Okay, so Din lands on Mandalore and convinces a very timid R5 to go out and scan the <laughs> atmosphere. Soon, however, they lose contact with the droid and Din has to go out and look for him while Grogu stays behind. Din does find the droid, but he has a run-in with a few Alamites creepy creepy crawlies we're going to talk about them later he manages mm -hmm. to get back to the ship and tells grogu the atmosphere is breathable which is very important for grogu he doesn't have a mando helmet yet so yes. the pair head back into the caves they descend deeper and deeper super creepy i don't like caves i don't like spelunking i don't have a certification for that like r5 has and apparently ig11 had like <laughs> din how did you know that he has this like certificate to go spunking anyway they descend deeper and deeper din finds an old mandalorian helmet in the ground and a trap is sprung this kind of spider-like droid takes din to its lair and puts him on a spit very return of the jedi yeah <laughs> on, yeah on on a spit situation happening here also kind like, of like a uh like, like when an, you put a like a temple like a thing. temple of doom and you're in the oh, uh, yeah. and they're in the box going down yes so this yes. is one of the few disadvantages of the mandalorian helmet din couldn't try and blow out the fire like han was trying ooh, like ooh, that's a real shame mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he had no chance <laughs> but luckily little grogu has followed and sneaks up Din tells Grogu to go find Bo-Katan because, yes, please, good lord, go get somebody competent. However, when the creature comes back, Hui can really only see its eye. It's like 
a droid inside of a droid. It's a bionicle. And yeah. General Grievous, as Daniel was saying earlier, exactly this is like one of the weirdest things we've ever seen in Star Wars, and it was really cool. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was really cool. It was very, very cool. He hooks some tubes up to Din, draining his blood, I assume. Baby. Not not a fan of whatever is happening. It didn't look here. like there was anything coming coming out of those tubes. Like it, I no, don't know if they looked, were just like there was like was it like a, a little liposuction? Bit was he just taking a little bit off the love handles? <laughs> what is that about a gill? <laughs> For any uh archer fans if they caught that. <laughs> oh man. I, I have to say, really, you're right. Very good parenting from Din to be like, go find an adult. Yeah, yeah, go find an adult. We followed into the chasm. You're 53, go find an adult. adult. Yeah, go find an adult. You're 53 years old. That is exactly what he should do. Um, Any 53-year-old, go find an adult. And I love that he did the Star Wars equivalent of teaching Grogu his phone number. Yeah, He taught him how to read a map. (laughs) All right. So speaking of reading maps, Grogu gets back to the fighter after showing off a nice force throw. He throws an alamite. It's pretty great. That was cool. And avoids a flying alligator. It was a very fun little chase. So he hops into the N1 starfighter and they take off. They go to Bo-Katan's castle. She is not happy to see that fighter. But not when the pilot, uh, when the cockpit opens and she sees it's just Grogu, she's like, what happened download that droid right now like we've got to go figure this out she doesn't want to take care of the baby let's be fair yeah (laughs) yeah she's like oh i am not prepared i am it's big auntie energy i will babysit for a little bit but i am bringing him back like so she takes off in the most glorious ship i absolutely adore mandalorian fighters (laughs) and grogu leads her back to the caves and Bo fights some Olamites, shows how badass she is, talks a little bit about how she knew some Jedi, and they reach the lair. She fights off the spider droid and manages to free Din. She then agrees to show him the real entrance to the mines, because there's no way he'd find them on her own. And she also looks amazing and kicks ass, because she's got the sickest armor, and really can wield does. that dark saber like no one else. Very true. Well, she's after that, so she gives a very nice like information download on the mines, their history, her family's history, what it was kind of like growing up on Mandalore and being part of the royal household. She even reads the nice like Taurus plaque when yes, it comes exactly. to the sacred waters. Yeah. And then upon reaching the living waters, Din takes off kind of some of his accessories, anything that might actually get waterlogged. He starts reciting the creed as he goes, steps down into the waters. But he gets pulled under like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And Bo dives right in after him, jetpacks through the water, and finds him way down at the bottom of the lake. She grabs him, and on their way up, they pass by what what could it be? It's a fucking mythosaur. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and, and then they break the surface and the episode ends. Oh, oh my gosh. So cool. So exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now we're gonna head into our reactions and favorite moments. I loved this episode. I was in fantastic. The music is great. The action, that kind of horror aspect mm-hmm. really got me when they showed the desolation of Mandalore. That part nearly made me cry, especially Bo's reaction to it. Like we've seen Sindari in its glory, basically. And now we get this hollowed out shell, which has been destroyed. 
and taken over by these Elamite things. Mm, was not a fan of that. Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed the episode. It was beautifully shot. Um, I'll, Some of the scenes were a little dark. I, I saw some critiques that it was way too dark. I don't think it was Game of Thrones dark, but... I didn't have a problem the, with it at all. The one scene yeah. with Bo where she's like having an emotional reaction with Din when he's going into the waters. You couldn't quite see her face well enough. I really wanted to see Katie Sackhoff like acting her freaking ass off in this scene. And it just was kind of like a white blob where her face was with like, you could kind of see her features, but not as nuanced as I would have liked. Otherwise I was fine. Like the fight sequences actually were probably better that it was a little dark. <laughs> yeah just (laughs) say that there um i really enjoy that they even this is episode two and they've set up so many interesting threads for the season so far i really have was having trouble like predicting what was going to happen next which i enjoy because i hate being able to predict things i really i just can't wait to see what's in store for this season exactly yeah sorry to you and ign and everyone else who had trouble with the lighting I had no problems, like Anders said. And honestly, I'm one of the rare people that had no problems uh, with the long night in Game of Thrones. Thank you. Thank you. I think I should blame my TV for that, because we have a new TV now, and I could definitely see a lot better on the new TV. (laughs) Yeah. we. uh, I've been very blessed. My roommate uh, has always made sure he has a nice TV, and we were able to see it very well. So I thought Katie Sackhoff... uh, I loved watching her face when Din was getting in the waters. She looked like she was having a moment where she's like, oh my God, he really believes this. And she's like yeah. almost kind of proud where she, like she looks proud and perplexed at the same time. And I just, I love Katie Sackoff. She's mm-hmm. doing so amazing. Um, I mean, she's, she's been amazing for a long time in movies and TV, but like, I'm so glad they're giving her a leading part yeah. right now mm-hmm. and i hope she sticks around for longer because she's a great part of this show um i i loved that creepy droid mm-hmm. the design was so cool it was mm-hmm. fresh i hope we dive into a little bit more of what that was um maybe like next episode if we're still on mandalore maybe you know figure out some of the weird things that have been happening there since or mm-hmm. if hopefully we come back with more mandalorians um and the mythosaur there's a mythosaur I mean, I say I love a lot of things. Spaceships, races, and creatures are, like, always going to get me going. And you got all of that this episode. It was... We got Grogu racing through tunnels. We got spaceships looking amazing. And we got a fucking mythosaur. That was really cool. That was really cool. I didn't think we were going to get one to start. I didn't think we'd get one this early. Mm -hmm. like at all i didn't even think we were going to get one this season like i thought the mythosaur was just going to be a cultural story and that was it like it was a myth and all that no we fucking mythosaur once i knew that we were really focusing in on mandalore going to mandalore getting down into the mines i was like at some point this season we will get a mythosaur yeah i i thought we might see the skull of one Mm. like a huge one or and just be like oh wow Maybe the sword, like, like, we might see a skull. Yeah, I'm just shocked that we full-on saw one. And the scale of it, the design, it looks so cool. I want to see the full thing. Do we think that's what pulled Din down? 
I feel like it has to be because, like, yeah, otherwise, what the so, heck? But then it's like so big. Like, I mean, I got, I got, I got questions about the uh, about didn't getting pulled down. That, yeah, that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I mean, yeah, the hell to the yeah is my, is <laughs> yeah. my reaction to yeah, this episode. Absolutely fantastic action horror creature <laughs> stuff. R five getting his due. Good job, buddy. Yes. Even if that was like a really ridiculously contrived way to get us to Tatooine <laughs> and then to just abandon the whole let's resurrect IG, which I'm kind of glad we did, but still. Yeah. <laughs> let's roll with it. It R5. was so much fun. R5 deserves to be with this group. <laughs> <laughs> he needs mm-hmm. to be like the level-headed one. And them. let's be honest, <laughs> if if he had brought IG without, uh, like if he had brought IG and not R5, could IG-11 have piloted the Starfighter back to mm. uh, Bo-Katan? Probably not. Mm, I'm going to guess he could have. Say. He could have actually sat I in the would... cockpit. Yeah, yeah that's I think, true. I think yes, but I think R5 probably would have, like, he did it faster. Because he yeah. can just yeah. navigate much easier, I think. But yeah, I liked the idea that we were taking R5 instead. Because we've seen IG. We love you, IG. But we've seen you. We want R5 to get some screen time. Yeah, your sacrifice can just be your sacrifice, and we don't—I don't necessarily need you anymore. That's that's very callous. I'm sorry. I love you, baby, but you had your storytelling moment. Din learned to trust a droid after his traumatic pass, mm-hmm. and it was nice to see that he cared about him even after all this time. Hopefully, that makes him move on, and his trust in R5 makes him trust more droids. All right, Colleen, what were some of your favorite moments out of this episode? If you had okay. to pick individual um, moments. I'm going to start with Bo. I loved how, like, freaking cynical and sarcastic she was when she was reading that plaque, like a yes. tour guide. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Katie Sackhoff's delivery there was just perfect. Absolutely fantastic. Pretty much everything to do with Bo this episode had me grinning. Like, everybody knows, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a Bo stan. Mm-hmm. And what happened to her at the end of Mando season two really pissed me off. But here you can find that on the Bohemian Geek Studies feed. Yes. <laughs> listen to Bohemian Geek Studies for me rant about Bo-Katan. Um, her handling of the dark saber here. Epic. Amazing. It was like um, Sabine helped her yeah. train with it. That's how and a master uses it. This is how a master wields a blade. And it's like, yes, Din knows how to wield a blade. But I think he was more comfortable with the uh, Beskar staff. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that was more like his style of weapon. This for Bo, she's like using all the specialty. Mando, like accoutrement that's in her armor, the shield, the cables. She is just a master at using all of this equipment and that the Darksaber just fit into her hand so perfectly where it does not with Din. I was just like, this, this woman, she's amazing. I love it. Also love that she brings up her family because every time she does, I reminded that one of the Jedi that she used to know probably fathered an illegitimate child with her sister. Like they can just keep bringing this up. I'm here for it. I want to know what happened to Corky. I saw that <laughs> meme too. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, the Jedi, I knew a lot of Jedi. One of them may have had a child <laughs> with my sister. Um, well, maybe be being, be being played by Jude Law in an upcoming series. I maybe. will not drop this. I mean, no. I would love if he was Corky Kreese. I would be all about that life. 
Uh, the next one, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, this is going to be for my, you. My mind's broken. Grogu himself out of the ship into Pelly's arms. Did it look silly? Yes, but that's fine. I love it. I love that he's like learning to use the force. I love that he's being a little bit more self-sufficient. He's learning. Daniel, what did you think? So, look, I understand that I'm going to sound a little bit like a hypocrite right now because I did like harp on some of the more goofy stuff in Book of Boba Fett. But I absolutely loved seeing that dumbass little puppet whipping through the air, waddling around like a little Lego that I'm just making walk by itself. Like, he looks so goofy. It is clearly a puppet, but something about it is just so endearing. Yeah, he's cute. I enjoy any time they do something practical when they can. Could they make it look a little more smooth with CGI? Yeah, but again, something about the puppet makes you love it a little bit more, at least for me. And I know that it feels a little bit off because you've got this high stakes moment, but it's so fucking funny seeing that puppet (laughs) yeet itself through the air when there's a lightning staff shooting at it. It's, It's absurd. Like... Grogu and a Bionicle Man are fighting. What is this? This is insane. I love it. But it's so much fun. Like, I mean, it's sometimes really when he's amazing. when you see him like walking on his own, I half expect him to start singing like Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, precious. <laughs> I would love it. Give it to us. <laughs> Give it to us. That's another. That can be another Star Wars holiday special. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Daniel! Did you watch yes. it yet? No, I still I keep forgetting. It's on YouTube, you said, right? Yes. Okay. I'm as we're talking, I'm gonna go pull it up and put it in my watch later. <laughs> All right. Well, you do that. I'm gonna talk about my probably favorite moment from this episode, and that was seeing the mythosaur, seeing the eye open. You get this that like kind of thing, and it's huge. Yeah, it is incredible. huge. Yes. Like I just yes. I we already said it, but I just couldn't believe it that it was happening this soon. Mm-hmm. Very Jurassic Park, the the eye, only the eye. And Phantom Menace there, there's always a bigger fish. Yes. I I've really enjoyed the creature designs they've done so far with the Mm -hmm. crate dragon on Tatooine, um, that dinosaur turtle from last week. Like (laughs) I think Star Wars has always been really good with creature designs. Like the snake from uh Rise of Skywalker looked pretty great so mm-hmm. i think when we get the full mythosaur Daniel, did look, you just mention rise of skywalker without going on a rant i, I did because you know what i am giving them their props yes they star wars knows how to design creatures mostly because those cave people were a little goofy looking i'm sorry <laughs> alamites you looked a little goofy maybe the it was good to be dark on your scenes but like again part of it that's part of the charm of this. So yeah, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Very that dark saber fight though, amazing. We we've already talked to oh it God. to death. That's so good. Bo Katan, you're amazing. I love you. That knee bow slide down. to bow down to, to the queen. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> knee slide when she goes underneath it and yeah. just absolutely wrecks it. My God, she she doesn't use the dark saber as a weapon. She uses it as an extension of herself, and that's what Din doesn't understand. Yeah. All right. Now we are going to move into our next section here. Easter eggs, connections, callbacks, homages. 
And I'm going to start us off with that title, The Minds of Mandalore. Now, we've heard about the mines before. They were once the source of Beskar for the Mandalorian people, and that lasted thousands and thousands of years, which turned them into this kind of culturally sacred space. Mm -hmm. The title and a lot of the imagery as we were going down through them absolutely recalls and evokes the Minds of Moria in Lord of the Mm -hmm. Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and that visual design very much echoes Tolkien's description of Moria and and Jackson's interpretation of that. Mm -hmm. Agree. Let's just hope that the mythosaur is not like a Balrog. Like, <laughs> I mean, please let us get a Mandalorian named Balin. <laughs> oh, my cousin Balin. Yeah, I'm not even trying to do a Gimli voice, but God, I love those books and movie. I like so. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say Look, I like the movies? <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the books. I'm small detour, guys. I'm sorry. I had to read the books. My mom forced me to. She said, if you want to watch these movies, you have to read the books. I was in fourth grade and I was like, screw you. I'm going to do it. So I read those books, even though the Tom Bombadil section took on for fucking ever. And I wanted to move on. Fuck you, Tom Bombadil. I'm so sorry. Anyone who's a Tom Bombadil stan. Um, We're going to move on to something else that I love, though which is Boonta's Eve. It is named after Boonta the Hut. It's one of the three holidays that celebrates a hut victory at the third battle of Vantor. And in the Phantom Menace, we saw a pod race to celebrate the holiday, Coming which is favorite. why I th- Yeah, and I think that's what should happen every oh. holiday. And the fact <laughs> that we didn't get one this episode, I think was a severe attack on me as a fan and I they will be calling it. It just wasn't a yeah, pod race. <laughs> pod racing was illegal by this point. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know what? They should have had a full 15-minute section of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and I'm completely serious about that, too. And then it turns out Tech is one of the racers. Oh, yes. I mean, if it if Ooh. it reveals Tim and Morrison doing anything, I'm fine with that, then. <laughs> I'm here for that. that okay, man next. Can show up in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Anything. Anything and everything, please, sir come come visit us we have (laughs) r5d4 next and the rebellion we've talked about this little droid before little astromech and how he needs a good cleaning he really does like he looked real dirty here this is the first direct reference on screen though that we've had to his time in the rebellion which he joined after surviving the imperial attack on the jawa crawler in a new hope he's a survivor guys this this droid he's amazing he saw another rebellion, but then he came back to Tatooine. I, I have some questions about his life choices. Well, I mean, he just wanted to retire in a place where he thought he might be safe. Uh, I guess not. Pelly's just going to sell him He was off. captured, enslaved, you... and sold on this planet. What makes him think he's Why safe? Why would you go back to know. Tatooine? The, the sand on those circuits? No. <laughs> yeah. Jawas? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you are going to get your motivator stolen. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. he's with Din now, so it's fine. But still, Pelly. Put some respect on our guy's name, for real. He's a hero. He's a hero of the rebellion of the new rebellion. I don't know what he's done. <laughs> All right, next up, next up, uh, we can talk a little bit about Mando's breather. So he breathes through his helmet. He seals it off. Um, Mandalorians can do this to breathe in harsh atmospheres. Also in space, they don't need separate mm-hmm. helmets to fly through space. Uh, and I just kept thinking every time I heard it when he was breathing this episode, I was like, it's Darth Vader light. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. God, Mandalorian certs are amazing. 
So we get to see the moon of Concordia. Den says that's where he's grew. Uh, that's where he grew up. So uh, I know some people were confused. Was he not just a foundling? Was he actually born a Mandalorian? Most likely, that's what he's talking about. He grew up after he was taken in by Death Watch. Um, so I'm assuming he was born somewhere else. Grew up on Cor Concordia for the rest of his life. And so, you know, that's a move near Mandalore. It is the base of operations for Death Watch and the Clone Wars. And the children of the Watch survived the purge by hiding on Concordia. So mm -hmm. it is, uh, yeah, definitely has a long history in the Mandalorian sector. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we have that droid trap creature thing. Now, this guy is a completely mm -hmm. original creation for the series. But I think that they took some inspiration from several creepy critters. Right, you have the eye that kind of looks like it could be a Dianogan. Our little, uh, our little lady up there on the Death Star. Yep, poor <laughs> sensitive people. Yes. These Dianogans, man, come on. We have the <laughs> yeah. kind of we have the concept of a hybrid organic machine with kind of like rolling around in the head, kind of mm -hmm. like a Bulmore monk. Mm -hmm. The smaller rig he drives when he's like actually hooking things up to Mando, it, to me, it looks like a really nightmare fuel mashup of a Transformer yeah. and the robot from the Lost in Space reboot. <laughs> Check that out on Netflix if you haven't watched it. It's actually really freaking good. It is very good. Mm -hmm. The rotating head of that spider droid piece looks like it could have come off of an Imperial probe droid. And to kind of reinforce the whole organic droid hybrid connection, some of the sound effects they use for this guy are repurposed sounds from General Grievous. Also, yeah. fun fact, um, when he kind of springs the trap on Din, hiding under the sand and doing that, that's actually how you catch a seagull. <laughs> so if you kind of hide, you kind of... Yeah, you kind of hide. You kind of hide yourself in the sand, put a towel mm -hmm. over the put over like your arms spread with some bait, mm -hmm. and then when they come, you just like <laughs> snatch. I'm and not. Why are we catching said? I'm not actually. Daniel, I spent several summers on the beach as a lifeguard trying to fill the time. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> to be fair, this is not oh a good. And I'm not actually advocating for anyone to go out there and catch a seagull. No, they'll respect, bite. Respect, respect the <laughs> yeah. wildlife. But yeah. if you were, if you were going to hypothetically, this is how you would do it. <laughs> well, it's noted. like those spiders that kind of lay the trapdoors within the <laughs> sand in the desert, and yeah. this is a spidery droid. Um, I totally thought of Independence Day, where the aliens are inside. They're like biomechanical suits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The instant it popped out, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> where are you?" So I have. Once again, some video game references for you. I love it. They kind it. of look like uh, one of the hunter droids that comes after you in Star Wars Force Unleashed 2. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, they, they have like not quite the same, but kind of similar looking droids that attack you as like the big mech thing that it was using, the spidery thing. Yeah, um, and then for all my Bionicle heads out there. Uh, it looked like the Rakshi. I still remember <laughs> what they were called. Those were one of the coolest sets. Um, and uh, they kind of look like a uh, alien race from a video game series called Destiny. They look like the uh, the Fallen. They're these weird mechanical looking uh, droid things. Like the, They have staffs just like that too. So yeah, really cool design. I, I want to see more of whatever that creature was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. I would love to get like, especially if it was a Dianogan, just to be 
<laughs> have them be like, we have come off of our swamp planet and we are mad. <laughs> we are really mad. So we're just we are getting revenge for our friend. Exactly. How dare they? <laughs> Speaking of getting revenge and being a creature, next we have the Alamites. While these are the first appearance of these creatures, they seem to have drawn inspiration from the mole people or <laughs> Morlocks from the time machine. Yes. Or are they just kind of like a Kirkland brand orc with like Minds of Moria feels? I mean, a little too furry for that. I actually kind of thought they reminded me, if you guys have ever seen the movie Congo. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Great Tim Curry no. performance. Uh, oh, well, Tim Curry, I want to see this. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Daniel. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> I mean, actually, I I rewatched that movie so much as a kid. It's like one of Laura Linney's first movies. It's, it's like it's a Michael Crichton uh, story. The book oh, okay. was actually pretty good. But they go and the uh, the killer gorillas that are all like all white and silver guarding the diamond mines. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> so it's when just you as said bad Kirkland... as you're imagining. Yeah, that sounds awful. When you said Kirkland brand orcs, though, my first thought was. Looks like Pog Soup's back on the menu, boys. (laughs) (laughs) I need to rewatch that movie. I love it so much. Yes, fantastic. Yep, I'm here for it. Daniel, what else do you love so much? Oh, it's spaceships. What what do I keep telling you? Spaceships, races, and creatures. Mm -hmm. So we got to see the Comrade Class Fighter. Uh, We've seen this Mandalorian uh, standard class vessel before, but this is the first time in live action. So, I mean, we've seen it in Clone Wars. We saw it in Rebels. My roommate has a Lego one that I think is absolutely amazing. But to see it in live action, oh, it was just beautiful. Agreed. I do like this ship. Not just because Maul had one, but I do like it. Mm-hmm. Ezra I got like to steal it. Ezra, Ezra and then Ezra got to steal it. Yes. Okay, next we have Bo's family. So Bo-Katan Kreese is from House Kreese. We do know about Satine and Bo's unlucky rule during the Imperial era, but we don't know much about their parents. So this was really kind of cool to get a little backstory from Bo. Bo refers to them as royalty, or at least one of the royal houses of Mandalore. Since Satine was a duchess, it's safe to assume that their father was a duke. And in the British aristocracy, a duke or a duchess is right below the king or the queen in like the line of succession basically and is usually a title given to members of the royal household hence why prince harry is also the duke of sussex and after he abdicated the throne edward the eighth was titled the duke of windsor so we have a lot of questions about house crees like if they are royalty why was their home base not on mandalore itself i think that's because all of the royal houses were off planet mm. kind of like game of thrones where the rulers would move to king's landing because that oh, was the capital. Yes. But I think a lot of the houses where like you could draw the ruling family from would be from outside. Oh and my gosh. It's we don't exactly know how the royal family system works on Mandalore. Yeah. So we don't know if there's like a house or a clan that's native itself to Mandalore because we know that Why did you say Game of Thrones? <laughs> now I need a Game of Thrones style like Mandalorian culture at its height. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what yeah. that's basically how Satine ultimately came to power, right? She yeah. she led a rev- a nonviolent revolution. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. I would love to get more on Mandalorian culture. That's one of the things I'm hoping for a lot this season. Yeah, I would like more. to see the violent revolutions. Oof. <laughs> so you want to see like the entire rest of Mandalorian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> All right. And then lastly, we've got the Mythosaur. So according to legend, the Mines of Mandalore were originally a Mythosaur's lair. The creature was tamed by Mandalore the Great, who became the first ruler of Mandalore. He's the one who started all of the fights with the Jedi. Yeah, that really worked out great for them. Uh, remember, Whoa. the Jedi won. <laughs> yeah. The Mythosaur was thought to be extinct, so maybe the planet's destruction led to the sky kind of flourishing, or the explosions above opened up his lair that was a little bit further underground. Maybe it turns out he was just sleeping in a hondo- hollow Mandalore like Godzilla <laughs> and is now rising when he is needed most. Who can say? We don't know. Or the fusion bombs that uh, glass the planet. Uh, you know, he was just a simple little uh, baby mythosaur, like a, a little, little tiny poodle version. Yeah. And then <laughs> the, the rays just let him grow. <laughs> or if we want to make a Doctor Who I reference, stand that he was born from one of the moons of Mandalore. It's true, yes. came down to the surface. <laughs> That's the real reason that moon is uh, crushed to pieces. It was an egg all along. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> All oh right. Gosh. Next, up, moving into so some other discussion points here. I want to take a minute to talk about Bogotan because Colleen, I know you were <laughs> yes, you were very hype on her this episode. Overall, I was too. But I want to like, what's up with her? Kitty Sackoff is killing it as always in the action sequences. Mm-hmm. But to me, the character seems like it's a little inconsistent. Like she starts off like she's storming out the door, like ready to get rid of Din once and for all. And for a Mandalorian, She's just gonna yell at him. for Mandalorian, that really <laughs> yeah. only means one thing. No, for a Mandalorian, Usually. that means one thing. Yeah, her tone was one thing, and then she got outside and was like, "And then Get she's off like, my lawn." <laughs> em- and then she's like yeah. immediately up for a rescue to the place where she just told him, "Don't go." No. She's a softie yeah. though, at heart. Yeah, but then she drops the line, and we saw this in the trailer, and I brought this mm-hmm. up back then. But you didn't think your dad was the only Mandalorian, did you? And I'm like, girl. He's met you before and your yeah. people. You fought in yeah. front of him in the season finale last season yeah. and yeah. even before that last season. Like, I blame the no, writers. This for is obvious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is my thing. Like, I have nothing against against Katie and her performance, but like mm-hmm. the writing just needs to be a little bit more consistent, I think, for right. this character. It's like a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yeah. To give her credit, though, like even more credit. Din is trying to use the Darksaber. She is masterfully wielding it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, Absolutely. She's then, fantastic with that Darksaber. She's great with it. I do have some other questions about how quickly she was able to find Din in that lake. Like, she had <laughs> yes. absolutely nothing to go on. And mm-hmm. somehow, like, in the end, she turned her light off so she could see his. But she had to be pretty close to him for that to work. So she got there very fast. And yeah. that lake, that lake was massive. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to hope that her helmet had something to help her like Mm. track or or some sort of idea. But like they needed to communicate that a little bit better kind of. Yeah, maybe that or like some sort of, okay, he fell in at this point. So she like did a trajectory thing in her helmet or, you know, Mm. some sort of like. I don't know. Maybe she had a cheat. Maybe we're just nitpicking a little bit. But like, yeah, how did you find him in this dark lake mm-hmm. just so quickly yeah i don't know um it, it's something that i noticed definitely on rewatch in the moment i wasn't even thinking about it but no. it, it, yeah it does stand out on the rewatch mm-hmm. definitely and that's yeah. like trying to get things done quickly i suppose yeah like, cut to the chase we don't want to risk like 
use part of our effects budget on something like that like crosshair uses in the bad batch episode that we watched mm-hmm. where he had the heat vi- the um infrared like yeah. predator scope maybe that's so how cool. she found him so easily in the very cold water also yeah. din i'm glad you didn't skinny dip because of what happened but also <laughs> does it really count if you're in your full armor when you go in i don't know the well he's supposed one. to have the helmet on that's yeah. true yeah he can't take off the helmet mm-hmm and I think it touching the Beskar probably is fine because, like, that's sacred to them and all that. So, mm-hmm. right. um, yeah, you just wanted to see Pedro Pascal take a bath. So, <laughs> <laughs> and... I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Pedro Pascal got wet. Oh no. <laughs> what will we do? <laughs> so, we do have to talk real quick, though, about Grogu's little level up. Uh, mm-hmm. So last season, we noted on the Bohemian Geek Studies feed uh, how nice it was that Grogu seemed a little more mobile. Uh, but after his time with Luke, he seems to have like he had that really good training montage. Mm-hmm. He is moving around. He's mobile. He's flipping. He's hopping around all over the place. And he seems to be a lot more vocal, um, even though he's not saying words. You can kind of tell what he means behind some of the grunts by like his pitch and everything. Yeah. And so Pelly talked about, oh, was that his first word? He's got to speak soon, like at some point, right? I feel like this season is going to be the one where he actually says something. I still say Din or Dad. Yeah, I don't think he's going to say. I think Din is too close to like a coup or like a thing. If you want to make it clear, he's either got to say like Mando or this is the way. No, if he says say this dad. is the way, I would lose my mind. <laughs> gotta say dad. <laughs> For real. I like that he's become more mobile. I think he's going to be a much better asset now instead of just the child that Din has to take care of. Like yeah. He has more agency this way. He can communicate with R5. And, and Din, too. Din seems to know what his coups and his like yeah. uh, mean i do love that he kind of did like a little raspberry every time Bo spoke he's like Bleh. he had a little bit of an attitude with her <laughs> a little shit i love it it's fantastic even though he's like yeah you're more competent than my dad but stop showing up my dad <laughs> it's just <so> good. <laughs> get back to saving him already yeah exactly yeah. oh my god <laughs> Uh, on that note, all right, so we talked about this, Daniel. You talked about how you're yeah. just all in on this. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit last week with some of like the return of the Jedi type vibes that this that this yeah. season is giving us. Are are we just ready to embrace the cheese? Yes. I, <laughs> yes. So I think there's time and place. This feels like they're spacing it out a little bit more than Boba Fett did. Like it feels like a little bit yeah i mean they're spacing it out a little bit more and i feel like they're i want to say it's more appropriate because grogu as a character has always been a little bit goofy like he started as a puppet we knew like he's gonna do baby stuff that's cutesy like they go and see grief and he's spinning the chair with the force and grabbing space m&ms like from the start we know so cute (laughs) I would hope M&M's for his sake, just because I prefer an M&M to a Skittle. Maybe but, some peanut butter M&M's. Oh my god, a yeah. peanut butter M&M yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, like with Boba Fett, we were kind of sold on the idea that it's going to be a crime story. Mm. And then it was kind of fucking goofy. And then it was uh, absolutely sorry, not Boba a crime Fett, story. Take, 
Yeah, like Boba Fett, you're taking strays right now. It's not your fault. It's the, it's the writers. Um, I this is this is one of the more goofier, campier sides of Star Wars. It's fine. Like this yeah. is the place where we should be doing it, mm-hmm. and let Andor be the serious place. Let the cartoons do you know some of the more fun cartoon stuff that you can't do in live action. Yeah. But like this is a good middle ground where we've got the serious, we've got the little bit of campy, goofy. But I feel like they know when to flip the switch and when not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good balance. Because even like, yeah, with Grogu running away, it was the goofy flip, but then he gets in his little scooter and it is kind of cute that he's scooting away. Uh, but then they introduce the danger from the alligator dragon. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he's got to get up there and one of the Mor- Morlock mole people shows up <laughs> and he throws him away. So they mix the danger with the goofy Mm-hmm. but so like there's still stakes to it and it's right. like okay this is a little funny but at the same time he's running away from a monster that's sucking din's blood out and he has to go get bo katan yeah, for help for real. like <laughs> it's there are stakes there are still stakes with the goofy and yeah it's fine it's fine it's a good mix it's a good because like andor was fantastic but it didn't have levity oh. and mando needs levity not yes. everything can be Andor, but not everything can be Mando either. We really just mm-hmm. need these different interpretations of what Star Wars can be. It keeps it more fresh when yeah. there everything gets to be its own thing. Exactly. Right. Enjoy. And I'm 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 down to embrace this piece. I I do want to say that yes, I'm in on some of the cheesiness, having fun. I would like. I don't want it to go too far that way. I think is my oh, absolutely. is my one worry. Yeah. So it needs to know be. when to dial it back. Yeah, we need to know when to dial it back, when to have those moments like way back in the pilot, you know, the the initial that initial gunfight, the the saloon yeah. fight in like the opening scene mm-hmm. where it's just like it's like holy crap, we're gonna go there. We have the ability yeah. to go there. I don't want them to lose that ability right. for the so, sake of it needs fun to be puppets. danger. There needs to be danger. I, I feel like we will go back to it because the the thing that I keep thinking back to is uh, I was tying back to the musical score that they have whenever they uh, Bo-Katan's being a badass that da na 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 and they play that for the Mandalorians and they they were playing that when they infiltrated the Imperial Cruiser in season two mm-hmm. like I, I feel like they're gonna know when to like okay sideline the baby it's time for the adults to fight yeah. and with this season being so focused on Mandalorians as a whole. I feel like the moments when they come together as as like a group of Mandalorians for a fight, they'll I feel like they'll dial it back and they'll know to put the more serious, uh, you know, spin on it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. There. OK, uh, last point that we wanted to make chapters 17 and 18 were screened together as a pair at Star Wars Celebration. Do you think it would have been a smart decision to just make the opener this two-parter what do you guys think i mm. i think it probably it would have worked it definitely would have yeah. worked um i was i think they wanted to create more tension with Bo and mando than there really was so they split it but because they just basically like they have an argument they split and then they come back together immediately <laughs> so there's a lot of tension there so i think they probably made the right choice to split them they totally could have put them together, though. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I'm fine with the uh, with the split release. Um, 
I'm I think the first episode was a really good entry point. Like if you hadn't watched Book of Boba Fett, it like they kind of filled in some of the gaps for you. They kind of gave you the idea of like, okay, this is the lay of the land and it set up the story of the season pretty well. So it was a good in and out, you know, it was a quick episode, but it still it set us on the path. We know, okay, we're going to the mines. We've got a pirate king to deal with. Fuck yes, I'm so yes. excited to come back to him. Give us but the like, pirate king. <laughs> God, yes. So, like, there was a lot of stuff set up in the first episode where I feel like it was a satisfying return. I, I didn't come away from that episode going, like, that was it. I, I felt like it was a, a good entry point. So, if they had done both episodes, I feel like maybe the first episode would have been overshadowed a little bit. Because the return to Mandalore is a big deal. Yeah, it really and is. I feel like people would be talking more about, oh, Bo-Katan was so badass, that crazy droid. Oh, they went back to Mandalore. Like that's, you know, that's when the actual meat of the season starts. Chapter 17 would have just been a little overshadowed, I feel like. Yeah, I think totally. that's fair. I think there would have been less griping about chapter 17. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, for sure. From Probably. most people, uh, mm-hmm. if if seventeen and eighteen were together, because it was like chapter seventeen really did, it did all the table setting. It brought us kind of up to the cliff, and then this is the one that jumped off the cliff. Right. Yeah. Seventeen felt like a bit of a primer, like a book of Boba Fett. Go back and see, but you don't have to because we're covering it in this episode. Yeah. I think that's where we get a lot of that kind of exposition dialogue, where we're like, "Why are they saying this? They said this in the book of Boba Fett." But that's for the people who didn't watch the book. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, I, sometimes the like main story of of these seasons have been, you know, a little meandering to get to them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we set the table in the first episode and then started the meal in the second one, I can't believe. Like, I did not think we were going to get to the minds of Mandalore this quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to complain too much about. No. Uh, chapter 17 because I think the pacing has been really good so far in this season so yeah yeah I'm happy with it yeah and I'm like I'm always like kind of split and torn on the uh release two or release three in like the first week and then do and then one a week after that because on the one hand I do kind of like that I like getting a little bit more content up front but at the other hand everyone started doing it so on like a single on like a big week, <laughs> you might get like three shows that do two or three episode drops in the span right. of like a day and a half. And it's just like, how how am I supposed to actually watch this? Yeah, too much. I content. need to sleep. <laughs> like, come on. Sleep is for cowards. I still <laughs> find a way, but just kidding. I love sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to head into our final questions and predictions. This episode just got me really excited, you guys. I immediately need to more, know more about the Kree's backstory. Like, who exactly was Bo's father? How did mm-hmm. he rule? How did his rule end? I just need more. I want her to talk about Satine and her rule, even though I know that this is something that Bo would probably avoid talking about just because of how painful it is. I just want to know, like, what happened? And then what went wrong with her own rule? Like, how did she survive the purge? when so many Mandalorians died? Like, was she gone? Did they kidnap her in some way? Did they lure her away? Which is probably what happened. Like, her group was lured away from Mandalore and the Empire attacked. Mm-hmm. Would probably oh. be what happened. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear 
about what happened with the purge just because they've been teasing it so much the last two seasons um predictions for what's coming i have no fucking idea you guys there's <laughs> there are so many right? different things that could happen and i love that but like we've already been to mandalore we're on mandalore din's taken his little skinny dip in the waters so what's next like will he go hop back in to finish up the creed because he didn't finish it y'all he did not finish just like our little boy at the beginning of the last episode maybe he'll just stay on the stairs maybe put your toe in don't go in the whole way just put a little toe in or i mean you went all the way into the deep end buddy i feel like you completed it exactly and you saw a mythosaur yeah well i don't know if he saw it but both well that's true I'm I'm excited to see if this is like the team up mission that we're kind of waiting for. What will they do together? Like, is Bo going to be like, fine, I'll come with you on the next adventure. But what is the next adventure? Like, we don't know. We have no idea. Like, what are they supposed to do? Is he going to be like, let's go chat with the armorer and see if we can combine our forces. And Bo's going to be like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, let's, let's not do that, actually. I think IG is going to be kind of put to the side now, which I would be glad about if we do yeah. see him again. Maybe he'll be killing a pirate or something <laughs> if <laughs> the pirates do go to Navarro. Speaking of the pirates, what are they going to get up to? What are these pirates going to do? Because you don't just like drop that freaking pirate king shard. Yeah, you don't, you don't design a character like that no. for and a single shot. Away. Exactly. Yeah. No, you don't do that. And the casting for that too. He needs is, to come back into my life. Yeah, from Game of Thrones. Like, we need to bring him back. We need to see this pirate captain do his worst. I just like that there's so many different tracks they can take. I'm usually really good at guessing things that are going to happen, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Do we know how many episodes this season? I think it's still eight. Mm, probably eight, okay. yeah. I would think it would be eight. We do know that Mandos are going to be coming out of a ship because we we saw that in one of the trailers. Yeah. But like, why? We don't and know. We know that they're going to be in some kind of a, a chase or a dogfight with that uh with the Comrack fighter. Mm-hmm. Like we know stuff is coming, but we have no idea what kind of context. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Prediction wise, I feel like we're headed for a side quest next week. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be like some kind of a stop off that turns into a mission of the week. I'm here for it. Let's explore another planet. Let's see what, yeah. let's just get into some random shit and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Questions. I, I would like to know a little bit more about our spider droid monster thingy. Um, yes. Bo told us what the Alamites are. Yeah. She gave that explanation, but she, does she not have a, an explanation for that thing you just <laughs> saved him from? I don't know what the fuck that is. It's weird, yo. Yeah. That's yeah. her explanation. That was not here before. <laughs> yeah. You see that shit? That was crazy. Yeah. I've never done that before. I slit the belly of like a biomechanical thing. I don't know. (laughs) Look, I played with bionicles as a kid. I didn't think I would see one in real life. (laughs) Bo definitely would be the tomboy that played with the bionicles. Yes, she she would. Younger. (laughs) Satine has her Barbies and Bo has her bionicles. Mm -hmm. And we love that for both of them. Um, So I'm with both of you. I don't really know where the hell this is going. Um, and I like that. That's the way I want it to be. I'm really excited for the future, though, because I, I do have a, a guess that Bo and the armor are going to have to come face to face at some point. Because you're, you you brought up a good point. Din probably didn't see the Mythosaur. He was knocked out, most likely. Bo saw that. And I feel like she's going to 
tell people mm-hmm. uh, that's because that's an important important thing and so i just i want to see more of the mandalorian drama and i know we're getting it so i'm just really excited for the future um and please bo-katan din stay together for a little bit i i just you guys have so much chemistry together like not I romantic really enjoy... chemistry no no like <laughs> they just interact well like i love seeing them together mm-hmm. and i would love to see them as a platonic power couple where it's like yeah, yeah we're like we just kick ass together and yeah so i just He's i want to see 50 more years together. older than he is but <laughs> i know but that's fine <laughs> she's the older sister who's always getting her little baby brother out of trouble <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <gasps> if we saw her teach him how to use the dark saber that would be so cool it, that would be cool if she finally yeah. was like okay we're gonna give you a shot i'm with you so at least you have an advisor who's intelligent Please. Yeah. I mean, would she fun. would be an amazing advisor, even though she probably should be a leader because well, I feel like she has. She probably learned... would be leading anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Din would be yeah. like, uh, ask my advisor. Yeah. I'd... <laughs> she she, she would be the regent. Tywin Lannister. <laughs> yeah. Well, not in not in the evil sense, but in the no. ruling the kingdom through the yeah. regent sense. Yeah. Seriously, what are the Mandalorians going to think when the Mythosaur is alive? I mean, seriously, what are they going to think? Everyone thought that thing was a, like, yeah, it's a, it's a story we tell. Yeah. Oh, sore. Like, when... I see what you did there. Oh, my. Wordplay. Good job, George. <laughs> Bo's tone of voice as she's reading the plaque. She's like, oh, this is where it lived. And he conquered it. Like, <laughs> she didn't give a shit. And then she saw that thing. And I love the way they focused on her helmet when she got out of the water. You didn't need to see her face to know what she was thinking. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I just saw one of our greatest myths in real life. And she was just shit talking like it's just a mind, it's just water. It's like, oh, the myth is like. She, I wonder. I don't think she's gonna become full like child of the watch, but I wonder if it's gonna how much it's gonna reignite some of that, you know, passion for Mandalorian culture. I would love that for her because she's become yeah. so disillusioned with everything. Like mm-hmm. it. It depends on when she went with pre. Like, when did her father die? Was she super young? Was she put with Pre on Concordia when Satine was being hunted? Like, for her safety. We don't know how much he groomed her to be this Death Watch person. So there's a lot of nuance here that they can definitely explore. She's talked about how much she feels bad about how the infighting of the factions... I, I would love to hear her out loud talk about death watch like mm-hmm. in uh I, I i think she's maybe offhand mentioned that she was in death watch to him but i mean death watch is who rescued him mm-hmm. death watch is one of the key factions that led to the fall of mandalore because of how splintered they were at that time right i'd really like to hear her talk about her past more yeah. with din i her culpability yeah her culpability and i like uh, Satine's death is a big part of that as well mm-hmm. and so I feel like if she's talking about that point in her life she has to talk about Satine's death right and I do love that I, it's Grogu yeah. that she opens up to also right he, he can't talk back yeah like who's he gonna tell so she feels like she can be honest with little Grogu and be like yeah I loved my dad 
and he thought I was a, a good princess basically because I didn't embarrass him <laughs> like wow woof I don't know about this family dynamic but I'm curious yeah. about it I'm yeah I God, I just give me all of the Mandalorian drama house of They're, the Mandalore <laughs> house of the Mandalore when are they getting their own show please <laughs> here for it all right I think that's where we're gonna leave it today very excited for the next episode Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. If you have any questions, queries, theories, send them to us. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. Hit that follow button. You can check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other great Star Wars content. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders and me on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where we did cover mando previous seasons before you can find my book reviews on bohemiangeekstudies.com as well nothing on mandalore really there but hopefully someday we'll be getting a mandalorian book and of course join us next time we will have episodes on the mandalorian and bad batch coming up next week so excited to talk about these last bad batch episodes as well yeah gosh yes very very excited about this until then though you guys Remember, there's no lifeguard stationed at the living waters. Take a sacred bath at your own risk. Actually, I have to interrupt you real quick. I am not a <laughs> lifeguard. I've never been certified to be a lifeguard. But I'm going to give you all just a, a very, I think, what is normal advice. Maybe if you're walking into a pool of water that you don't know the depths to, don't wear the heaviest fucking armor that you own. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a thought. Didn't we learn anything from Jamie Lannister? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, if you have a jetpack, which he took off. <laughs> I mean, I was a lifeguard. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> we'll save you, Daniel. Am, am I wrong? No. You want to be like, wearing not very much unless you're scuba diving, which he was yes. not planning on doing. <laughs> So I feel vindicated despite not being a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Daniel, I love you. All right, you. everybody. Love that's it for us. Two lifeguards, one swimmer. We'll save him if he starts drowning. <laughs> bye, everyone. All right. Bye, bye. everybody.